Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Tyler Johnson. Thank you for tuning in. If you are a return listener, I'd be grateful for your rating or review. And if you dig this episode, give us a like or share. And now, whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you are in the right place. My guest this episode is a former professional baseball player with the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. Prior to that, he played his college baseball at the University of Nevada, where he was a standout. He has spent some time coaching baseball as well. He is the CEO of Major League University. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, Mr. Austin Byler. Austin, how are you today? Tyler, I'm doing great, man. It's it's a blessing to be here, man. We're fired up. I like that that hoodie, man. I need to I need to get one of those, man. That's good. I, I, I don't know. This one was kind of just like a, a one off I had made, but maybe we we'll have to you know I mean, get some gear made or something. So. <laughs> uh, I like it, man. I like take, it. So uh, right on. You'll you'll be the first to get one when I do. How's that? Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> I'm marking it down in the notes, right. man. Let's go. For those on YouTube, you know, you can see what he's talking about. But um, yeah. welcome. Uh, Wanted to start out, um, take us a little bit from, you know, standout baseball player at University of Nevada to CEO of uh, Major League University. Yeah, man. So I uh, got to play at University of Nevada from 2011 to 15. Uh, had the opportunity to play for some amazing coaches. Um, the first one, my first two years was Coach Gary Powers. He was there for about 31 years, taught me a lot about not only baseball, but more importantly, life and <laughs> battling through like an old yeah. school version of mental toughness. And he was awesome. And then the last two years was with coach Jay Johnson, who's now at LSU and he's just incredible, man. And so uh, between the head coaches and the whole staffs, man, so many good friends and people that I got to meet through those years. Um, I had the opportunity to be drafted twice, uh, my junior year in 2014 by the Washington Nationals, and then uh, decided to go back to school for 2015 and then was drafted by the hometown team, the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, which was pretty fun. And then, uh, Went and played a few years of professional baseball until uh, about 2018. That spring was released from the D-backs. Went and played independent baseball for about a month or two. Uh, was released there as well. And then dove into Major League University, man. We saw a big need for the mental side of sports. Um, yeah. Not only just mindset, but leadership and uh, a lot of character things as well. Uh, diving into those those times as well. So seeing just a lot of athletes struggling mentally and trying to find their identity and more than the sport that they play uh, was huge. And so it was alarming, right? And I, I went through that experience as well and uh from then 2018 that's that fall we started it with no clue of what we were trying to do other than help people <laughs> and now yeah. it kind of evolved more to the speaking side and uh working with programs as well yeah so i mean you're definitely helping people now that's for sure um talk, you. can you talk about just a, a little bit of some of the things you guys do at major league university so people that maybe aren't familiar kind of know what you guys are out there doing yeah, so we'll go we, we, a couple different veins. Uh, one of them speaking engagements. So I'll get to go out there, share my story, uh, battling through addiction, uh, prescription, prescription drug abuse, and then also anxiety and depression, those types of things. So yeah. um, really helping people through that vein. And then we'll do uh, whether it's packaged up or just maybe a couple sets of leadership or mental game workshops with athletes and teams so we'll work with a high school or a college program uh, go in there for either a day two days eight weeks whatever it might be right it's kind of all the cart pick your pick your poison for that one and yeah. uh, we'll work with those programs as well man it's been a ton of fun it's good i think having different veins is important because it's you know meeting kids where they're at you know it, Oof, there's a lot yes. I, I think is where you can really start to make a difference if you're trying right yes absolutely so um you know your time uh 
in pro baseball, was there a, a lesson that sticks out that, and then when you play baseball for that long, there's probably a lot of lessons, but um, is there one maybe that, that you talk about in your career now that sticks out from baseball? The biggest one's the identity is mm. not finding your identity in your sport, yeah. finding it in who you are, knowing yeah. your values, knowing what really matters in life. And uh, that, that was a big one, man, for me, because all my life, right. And I'm sure for you as well, it's like, you're known as the athlete, the, and then you go play professionally. It's like, yo, you're the rich professional athlete, which is totally not true. <laughs> it's like man, all these things, right? There's an identity crisis in our world, though. And yeah. that was something that I noticed was huge in professional sports. And, and after my first year, I crushed it, man. I was on the, on the fast track to the big leagues. I thought I had everything laid out. I had my plans in mind. Uh, I was doing everything, in my opinion, was the right way. And then I get to the offseason, fail a drug test, and then my life turns totally upside down and uh, really derailed my whole career. And it was the mental side that was the toughest part to overcome. And so the story I share with everybody is the identity piece, um, knowing that you are more than what you do as a sport or profession, uh, that there's so much more to you and that your values are more important than your results. Uh, and that was really big for me. So something that I share with a lot of people now. Yeah. People have, if they've listened to this podcast before, I've had people I've suffered tremendously with that. I think, you know, played college football and then kind of a couple of years after I was actually working in the front office of the White Sox, uh, but really nice. kind of going at the time, you know, I thought some of those things would supplement it, working in sports, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, hit the same walls and really struggled with that identity. You know, when I was about 27, 28, felt really lost. So um, I commend you for talking about it. Cause and I know for me, it took me a while to, to talk about it publicly with friends and then kind of being able to share it and, I think friends originally were like, you should maybe share that more. Yeah. And yes. I, I mean, did you have friends that kind of did that too along the journey? <laughs> oh man, I, it, there was one. So this is right when we were getting ready to share the story. I was keeping it all in. I'm like, hey, nobody yeah. knows, right? Because like as men, especially, we put up these walls and it's like vulnerability. No thanks, I'm not letting you in. <laughs> and uh, I went to, I had one of my my best friends. Now he's one of my best mentors. He invited me to this Bible study, and I was like, dude, there's no way I'm going to this thing. Like, hey, I'm gonna burn walking into the coffee shop. Like, you don't know what I've done, right? And then I get there and I start sharing. All right hearing what these other guys are dealing with there's a men's study and there's about eight to ten guys a lot of high level coaches ex-athletes and professionals a couple world series winners right so i'm like these guys haven't figured out and then they share their stories i'm like wow you were broken at some points too and then i start sharing mine and uh his name's matt palmer he goes dude you should probably consider sharing that with other people. <laughs> like, why don't you just go out and share it with teams and program coaches? Like people can use that story. And so uh, if you didn't encourage me, man, I would have never, never tried it. So uh, blessed to know. For sure. Uh, one thing I, I learned kind of in your past doing a little dig and I looked on LinkedIn, I saw you spent, I don't know, maybe it was a flash in a pan, but I found it interesting. I like to work out. You worked as a coach at orange theory for just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I think that's it. I, and I asked because I think it's an interesting coaching dynamic. I've never kind of been in that, that situation, but was there a lesson that you kind of learned in just like a coaching, just like having people come in there and push themselves that maybe you didn't expect going into that? That's a great question, man. Uh, the good old OTF, man, get in the orange zone, baby. Come on. Uh, so that was interesting because I'm, I'm, sitting there as a coach right and this is in my opinion it was just an off-season job that i could make a little money and sure. like it's easier than going and working at 
the regular deal. And yeah. so I'm, I'm in there, man. I have no clue what to expect. I kind of uh, get expedited through some of the training process because I have the professional athlete background. So they're like, oh, you kind of know what you're doing. Just go. Like, you don't need all these certifications yet. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. So I kind of just dive into it. And I was totally unprepared, man. I, I didn't know how to project my voice. I didn't know how to use my voice. And so they're like coaching me up on this. But it was the, the craziest dynamic was you see an 11 or 12-year-old son or daughter of a parent that's in there and then you see like the 75 year old who's either just crushing it on the treadmill (laughs) or struggling up and i'm like man i'm gonna have to get the aed out here today and do some do some digging here so it was a fun dynamic for me but it taught me how to work with people in all ranges of people which was huge and then it also helped me project my voice and um, be able to focus on multiple things in a room and I don't want to say command attention, but gain respect in that room with others. So uh, that was a great experience, man. I, I'll never forget it for sure. A lot of fun. Yeah, I, thought, I, think it's, I see you smile. So I think there had to be some <laughs> fun at it, but I, I figured I'm like, how to be some challenges to you. There's a lot going on yeah. in one of those classes for sure. Oh man. It's crazy. Uh, you talked a little bit about your journey. And one thing I always wonder, and I think so many athletes, we kind of mentioned some of our experiences, but now that you've kind of gotten further along, what do you do when you feel doubt? You know, whether it's playing baseball or, you know, continuing to build an awesome company as a CEO, what what do you do when you feel doubt? It's a great question, man. The first thing I do is I turn to my mentors. Um, There's two guys that I, in particular, that have meant a lot to me that I can call and bounce ideas off of and really just vent to. I've noticed that when I get it out, it it leaves me and it doesn't stick inside when I keep it inside, which I have a tough time uh, getting those things out, right, as as a male as well. And uh, for me, I just call them, man. I I call them and I just let them know how I'm feeling. Like, hey, man, I'm struggling here. What do you got? What's your advice? What would you do in this situation? How would you process through this? Um, And there's a lot of that, right? I think sometimes in our profession of what we're doing, we don't get a lot of responses all the time. People think that, oh, you're killing it. You're doing, you're going everywhere. Well, there's budget issues. There's coach got to be open to it. The athletic director, the principal, the whoever it is, the business, right? They've got to be open to it and welcome you in. And so um, you get a lot of no's, right? You get a lot of things that can derail you or cause that self-doubt. But for me, it's always turning back to the people that I trust the most that can help me through it. And then going back to the foundation of why we're really doing this thing, man, I might get a hundred no's, but that one yes is huge and maybe change that one kid's life forever. So that's just reminding us of that purpose and what we're really trying to work for. But it's hard, man. It's really hard. And I know a lot of people struggle with it. Uh, so some practical things, right? Is obviously journaling it out or talking with a friend or somebody else that can help it. Uh, and that just helps get it out of the mind, out of the body into reality. And then we can kind of move on from it and separate from it. I think it's important just to, we're all different, but have tools, right? Oof, yes. Think, you know, I think build, build them before we need them. <laughs> mm. uh, I think that's, you know, probably how we found some of our low points as you get to those, because you, you lack tools Yes. Uh, or they're the wrong tools that dig further down. Right. And so, um, I love the, the way you're out there sharing tools and living a life mission. Uh, on that note, when you're out there with high school athletes, college athletes, hanging around pro athletes, um, in your journey and your experiences, if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about high school, college baseball, uh, and instill a, a mental skill. And every, every kid that picks up a bat, puts on a helmet, puts on a glove today, inherits that mental skill. What skill would you want them to slip on? Visualization would be the one thing for me that changed everything. Uh, it changed it in my playing career. It changed it in 
my personal career. Um, I do it every day, right? It's something that's been a staple in my life. And so in high school, I was really angry, right? I was good, but I was angry when I got out and when I didn't succeed like most kids. And I didn't know how to process through any of those emotions. I thought that I, it was riding the wave of my performance, right? The ups and downs of life. And if I could go back, I remember in the junior season, we had three different people come in uh, to our team at Nevada and they spoke to us about different things. And all three of them hit on some sort of breathing or visualization, whether it was meditation, mental imagery, whatever it might be. And it took me seven months to buy into it until the middle of spring. I was struggling. I had a tough game, went 0 for 4, three strikeouts, broken metal bat. And I said, this isn't happening again. I'm facing the same dude two weeks later. I said, I'm going to go visualize. And so um, I did it consistently for that week. I was seeing all the pitches that I wanted to hit, all the things I didn't want to swing at. And I get out there on that Friday night, go four for four, two homers, two lasers. I'm like, this was amazing, life changing. So at that point, of course, I saw the success, but it doesn't always work that way. It was something for me that if I could go back to high school and just equip myself with that, knowing that it would help slow me down, limit the stress, uh, enhance my performance on the field as well, I would for sure go back and do that. Uh, no doubt about it. That was a big one. Yeah. I think see, seeing yourself succeed is sometimes the ego fights that, but it, there's so much power in it. Yes. Uh, I think I can't remember if, if I read it or someone had told me this story is Manny Ramirez story <laughs> where he was, you know, doing all his video. One of his teammates was doing a bunch of videotape and he asked him, you know, what are you watching? And he's like, let me see. And he showed Manny and he was showing him all the th- the bad things, his strikeouts, his ground outs, right? And then he's like, well, what do you watch, Manny? And Manny like puts in, puts in a tape and it's Manny being a Manny hitting doubles, home runs. <laughs> Not, he doesn't, he didn't watch one of them getting out. He's like, I don't watch that, you know? And, and I think, um, you know, being able to see yourself succeed, it's like, if you're mentally repping that out, then you might just create more outs. <laughs> It's so powerful, man. That's, that's a great story too, man. And it's like, you see all things twice, right? First up here, second out there. And if we can see it and believe it, right, we start to believe it in our heart. We start to own it out in reality. And uh, I had a friend, a teammate, same thing. He was having a really good year. I'm like, dude, why are you just watching your doubles and home runs? I want you to watch your strikeouts and see what happened and went wrong. He's like, I don't want to see myself fail. I want to see myself succeed. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I like that. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, it's, it's, what do you, everything you kind of see is a vote for your future, right? Almost that you're going to, if you're going to intake it on your own accord, you know, yeah, you're going to learn from your failures and some strikeouts and some things, but don't make that the main thing. Mm, Right. I I think, you know, probably I I couldn't hit a baseball worth a darn. So I don't know anything about hitting a baseball now playing football. (laughs) I was all right, but hitting a baseball, you know, I was the classic. If you could steal first, I would have had a career, but um, (laughs) can't kind of can't do that. Uh, as you kind of mentioned some mentors and some great coaches and as you kind of continue to grow and are there some authors or other people you kind of look to learn from that, you know, you find fulfilling or able to take some, some tools and reshare with. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people. I think that the main mentors really in my life, uh, Matt Palmer has been huge. He's with uh, FCA in Arizona. And then there's Aaron Nielsen. We're actually running a, a college summer team now. And he's been a huge mentor for the last, geez, 10, 15 years. Uh, and then another guy, Jay Johnson, right? I mentioned him earlier, one of my coaches. He's been a massive mentor, somebody who's helped me a lot. And I, and I like to copy greatness, right? It's like, okay, what are the 
what are the people who I admire and I know are successful and doing things the right way? What do they do? And then how can I use that in my flavor? It's like, how can I look up to them? So I take everything that they've told me, shared with me uh, and be able to hopefully at least use that or apply it with the, the teams and athletes we get to work with. And then another one's Dean Wellums. He runs Team Elite Performance. He does a lot of team building and leadership development with uh, businesses. And then obviously like the college and high school teams too does an amazing job. I've learned a ton from him just about this field of how to approach people. He's been more in the educational field. So he has really good ways of engaging the crowd, engaging the students or the teachers, whoever might be in that uh, workshop. And so I've learned a lot from them. And so for me, it's like, Hey, I'm just going to pick and choose the things that I really like from all these people sure. and then work them into our own flavor and personality. So there's a ton, man. And I can even go off Ray Mack. I mean, he's my business partner. He's been incredible and he doesn't know it, but I see it from him as work ethic, grinder mentality, man. It's like, that's inspiring. So I like seeing people like that and taking those little nuggets with me um, and hopefully sharing them with others. Yeah. Success leaves clues, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, I know when I jump back into your coaching, I know you also spent some time as a high school baseball coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having some, spent some time in high school football myself. What was, uh, that's a lot of our audience is, you know, student athletes, high school, college coaches is, what was the greatest joy and what was the greatest challenge of coaching high school guys? Yeah. The, so the greatest challenge, that one's easy because it was COVID. So it, it was, I was, it was my first year. I'm like, I'm so pumped. We're, we're establishing yeah. a culture in the fall, right? Like I'm doing everything how I've, I thought would be the right way to do it. And then three games in COVID hits and we're like, man, uh, we're going to the field. The next thing you know, you're not even allowed on, on the premises. So that was a challenge. Um, the other, the, the joys though of it was amazing, man. I actually loved it more than I thought I would have loved it. And we had 14 dudes. We had, a, we had a skeleton squad. It was a really small school and it was something that we wanted to establish and start building. If COVID never happened, I probably might even still be there. It's crazy how life works. And so for them, it was like establishing this foundation, but the greatest joy was them coming up to me and saying, coach, we actually have a, a practice plan. Like we have things that we like to do like this is fun again i love baseball yeah. again seeing the joy on their faces and then the other thing was the 6 a.m weights it's like getting in the gym with the kids at 6 a.m getting there before yeah. school i know they don't always like it but seeing all my dudes in there working hard getting after it i get a little workout and we're talking we're having good conversation that was a lot of fun man and then just seeing how it can establish some good habits for them in their future outside of sports was massive so um, i really enjoyed that short time man there was a lot of challenges with it but the overall message of it was fun because I got to spend some time with them. The bus rides back and forth for those few games were awesome. And just uh, trying to establish a culture, man, it was a lot of fun meeting them. One of my little favorite parts too is getting in the gym with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. it might be about, you know, intersection of the cross paths and are able to still do some things at my age and push myself and some things <laughs> yeah. plyometric wise, maybe not. But uh, did, uh, can you talk a little bit? I, I, I found that when you even just, attempting to do some of the things that maybe the kids you're coaching or do, whether it's in the weight room or run a few, whatever you're making them do or, or get in the batting cages or something like that um, really can kind of create a connection. If you just make yourself vulnerable in the environment they do every day. Yes. Right. And I think, do you, can you talk a little bit about maybe how just some of those weight room times it obviously stuck out to you. And I think probably to the kids, I'm sure if I asked some of those kids, like I loved weights in the morning with coach, man. Um, (laughs) Can you talk about just how you can just kind of through those habitual things we have on our schedule with athletes really create connection? 
Oh, man, it's a great question. It's getting in the trenches with your players. And when they see you getting in the trenches with them, they're going to do anything for you. There's really no secret to it. It's like, okay, what are the best teams and coaches doing? What are the average and not successful teams and coaches doing? And when I study those types of programs, whether it's NFL, MLB, college, high school, it doesn't matter what field, right? Even businesses, it's like the best coaches are getting in the trenches with their players. They're firing them up. They're excited. They're engaging and they're filled with passion and purpose in a good way, right? They create a really good environment for their athletes to thrive. And so for me, that was the best part about that was like, Hey, when they saw me getting in there, it wasn't like, Hey, you guys go lift at six and then I'm going to sleep in. It's like, I'm getting there at six too. I'm opening up the freaking weight room. You better be there. <laughs> like this is some accountability here. And then they see you getting after you're t- you're like hanging out with them. You're high-fiving them, nuxing them, yeah. um, sharing that moment, that bond, man, it creates this very special connection. And I'm a firm believer. It's not the most talented teams that win. It's the most connected teams that win. And if you can create and establish that culture and connection, it's huge. And one thing that stuck out, I still get to talk to this kid all the time. At the time, he was 11 years old, I believe. I think he's 13 now. And so he was, he would come into the weight room and obviously he wasn't on the team, right? Because he's too young to be on the high school team, but he was aspiring to be on the team one day. And this kid was in the weight room at 6 a.m., more than my actual players getting after it. And I got to like establish some things. It's like, hey, dude, no weights. Like, let's do some body weight stuff. Like, let's take care of your body. I don't want to mess you up or anything. Right. But he would get in there, run on the treadmill, do some band work, do some mobility, ask questions, go to practice early. And this kid, Colt, was so inspiring because he didn't have to be there. But he told his mom, and his mom was driving an hour away, so they had to leave at like 5 a.m. to get there, right, on the freeways and everything. And he's showing up every day with a great attitude, excited to be there. And that was something that stuck out to me forever. And I, I try to remind him of that every time I talk to him because <laughs> it was yeah. so inspiring. I mean, good reminder for everybody. There's a little cold out. There's a little colts out there everywhere that are uh, yeah. coming after you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're working, man. It's it's a crazy world, man. You got a lot of dudes working out there and girls um, getting uh, after it. Yeah, love he- love hearing stories like that. I'm sure uh, be a kid you remember and talk about years from now if he keeps that up. Mm, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> sure. uh, one last question we always like to ask a guest: If I threw you in a time machine, sent you to go see 16 year old Austin along your journey, all the adversity you've kind of overcome and conquered, what's one piece of advice you want? want to make sure you tell 16 year old self Oof, the joy is in the journey not the destination that is what i would tell myself man i i got so wrapped up in the destination when i get to college baseball i'll feel this when i become a high school all-american i'll feel this when i get that professional contract i should feel this way and it's like and none of that ever came it's like it's like hey you get a million dollars great well now I just, i'm the same person but i just have a little more money in my pocket or i lose a million dollars right it's like nothing really changes it's just kind of adds there say like, who are you as a person so that'd be one thing that i'd like to remind myself when i'm younger is like hey man it, the joy is in the journey dude like yeah you're gonna have tough days yeah it's gonna be hard it's gonna be a grind you're gonna get beat down yes people aren't gonna believe in you yes you're gonna have adversity yes you're gonna go through your struggles and trials but guess what the joy is in that like the journey of doing this and once you get to that point great all good but um there really is no end game, right? It's like, Hey, we're continually evolving as human beings. And my values at 16 are different than 22, which are different than now at 29. It's like, man, they're always going to evolve and change, but it's staying true to who you are. Uh, that integrity piece and the humble piece is so big. So I would definitely remind myself that. And like I got back here, they'll follow your dreams, man. Never forget My mom inspired me from a young age. She was an entrepreneur. She did things differently. We, I remember sitting in bed, we're watching law and order at like 10 years old. We're mapping out all the beach houses we want and all the cool 
cool stuff we want to have one day. Uh, and it was all from, hey, when I get to the MLB, I'll have all this money to do this. And it didn't really right. work out that way. So it's like, okay, um, how do we evolve, adapt? And just that the goals and the dreams, man, it keeps us motivated. It keeps us pursuing something greater. And I think that's what we all need in this world. Just something to chase, man. Something powerful that, that means a lot to us, our purpose, our why. Thank you for listening. If something caught your ear as useful or unique this episode, we would love your help spreading the Elevate message. You can find me on Instagram at Elevate Educate Rejuvenate. That's with the numeral instead of the A-T-E. Thank you again, and if I can help you with anything, please reach out. And don't forget, go elevate others.